How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sabres Live is presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. We actually have a guest on the show today. Half an hour from now, Zach Redman is going to be joining us here on Sabres Live. He is the new player development coach within the organization, and we look forward to that. But Marty... Finally, we get a Redman on the show. We've been waiting for Jackie Redman for two years now, so at least Zach Redman is going to show up. At, at least we anticipate they'll show up at 1230. We still don't know if that's a, a Redman... Like, they're, they're not even family-related, but if it's wow. a Redman trait. <laughs> Are we sure of that? We'll ask. We'll have to ask. I don't think they are related. What about Mickey Redmond on the Red Wings broadcast? Any relation? Well, I don't know. We'll ask that too. Those are great questions to start the interview with. Oh, you have come out of the blocks flying today. I love it. And uh, people don't look- know that, but we reach out to people. Yeah, come on the show. And they're like, yeah, 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 we'll do it. And uh-huh. so, you know, people around the league and, and we get a lot of friends and family on, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> that we could call about. And, uh, you know, TNT and NHL Network host Jackie Redmond said, "Yeah, I'd love to come mm. on the show and whatnot." And then um, I don't know if she changed cell phone number, but it went cricket for a little while. So we're just still waiting. I'm, I'm sure we'll get her at some point because she loves doing that stuff. But um, I'm I'm sure we'll get her. But we're still waiting. We're still waiting. That was from the draft in Montreal. Yes. So we're talking about a year and a half ago, yeah. a year plus ago. So now you've established we are a family and friends show only. Those are the only ones that are likely to <laughs> sacrifice 10 minutes of their time to join us here on Sabres Live. This is the usual look. Apologies on the radio side, but this is the usual look we get when we request a guest. And it's the Heisman. The Heisman. <laughs> The blocking out. It's like, no, we're not taking your call. Um, But that's fine. That's fine. We are more than capable, as we have proven time and again, last summer and this summer, to aptly fill 42 minutes of content or whatever is required in the course of an hour, right? Well, you did mention, and I've only prepared for two teams of the day because today's team of the day are the M's, like Marty, like Mario, uh, like Minnesota and Montreal. But you actually said there's three teams because the Minnesota North Stars and the Minnesota Wild are completely different. Actually, the North Stars moved to Dallas and they are the Dallas Stars. So that's a different thing. But so I like it brought me back so many memories. So I hope that people... Get excited for today's two, well, three teams, Minnesota <laughs> North Stars, Montreal Canadiens, and Minnesota Wild, because I feel like there's a lot to unpack here when it comes to Sabres history, my personal history with them. I grew up hating the Canadians. I mm-hmm. think that's going to score points with some Sabres fans, but uh, that's basically was my uh, 
you know, my bringing up. So I'm excited about those uh, those three teams, as you pointed out, Duffer. Allow me to do a North Star minute to put it all into context. They were 42, 31, and 16 against Minnesota when they wore those beautiful green and gold jerseys. Yes. Buffalo and Minnesota actually played twice in the playoffs back in the day. The Sabres swept a preliminary round series two straight and then lost. Now, this was tough because this was on the heels of losing to the Islanders in the semifinals in 1980. Mm -hmm. They would lose in the quarterfinals the next year to Minnesota four games to one, and Minnesota would go on to get crushed by the Islanders in the Stanley Cup final. Um, All-time leaders against Minnesota, the North Stars. Perot, 66 points in 63 games. Robert, for, sorry, 63 and 66 for Perot, 42 and 32 for Rene Robert. Don Edwards was 10-2-5 lifetime against the North Stars, and he played in all seven playoff games head-to-head. -head. And that's pretty much all you need to know about the Minnesota North Stars and the Buffalo Sabres and their history. You know what? Wikipedia, Hockey Reference, Elite Prospect, whatever. So many tools that we use on this show. It's great to, you just put 1981 NHL playoffs. Boom, Hockey Reference has got mm -hmm. it. And then you say, oh, you know what? The Buffalo Sabres had actually swept the Vancouver Canucks in the preliminary round, 3 nothing, And then in the quarterfinals, they lost to the Minnesota North Stars. And you go in and you kind of click on the roster and you see who were the players you know that were in the game. Jill Malosh was the goaltender for the Minnesota North Stars. And I'm like, Jill Malosh, like what a name from the mm -hmm. past, right? And some of the players that actually had impact with the Steve North Stars. Payne. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Neil Broughton was there. Uh, Dino Cicerelli. Uh, Steve Payne, you mentioned in game one, he had scored a couple of goals. Bobby Smith, when yeah. he was with the Minnesota North Star. Now, he was a Montreal Canadiens after, but he was a North Star at well, at first. So that's, that's you know, Bobby Smith was fantastic. When you look at those individual names, does it have power play goals? next to them in that postseason if memory serves that power play by minnesota was one of the greatest all time in any springtime run in stanley Cup playoff history okay so. well i am going to look at playoff scoring right now and yes there is power play goals and in literally in 19 games steve Payne had 17 goals six of them were on the power play cicerelli had five on the power play steve christoph had five on the power play yeah i mean that is a lot of power those play are goals regular season 19 power games. play number for for a lot of guys yeah anyway it, so. exactly uh that was you're right 1981 the minnesota north stars were fantastic on the power play now they ran into a hot team with comes to the New York Islanders that were in the uh, midst of their dynasty and they mm -hmm. actually won one of the you know one win and they got uh, they lost 4-1 in the finals um as far as the Minnesota Wild are concerned which is the present day matchup um of Buffalo and a team from Minnesota there is but one win separating them in head to head play and guess right. what the Sabres took the all-time lead in the head-to-head -head series this year in a stunning 6-5 overtime win yes. on home ice back in January. Remember, the Sabres were in a pretty good run of games at this point in time. I think the ill-fated Philadelphia game followed like just days after that kind of killed their <laughs> it, it stopped the momentum <laughs> on home ice. But if we go back to that night, the 6-5 game, like the Sabres were up by a couple. They were down in the third period. They score late and get the overtime winner from Olofsson, who bookended the scoring that night. And I've told you this before. One of the most special things was my girls were there. And yeah. not only were they there and loving it, 
The next day, they wanted to relive it because the overtime itself was four minutes of absolute chaos. Yes. And we just sat there having breakfast, like rewatching it on our on our tablet just to kind of see what we thought we had seen and then what we may have missed along the way. It was a remarkable game and yet another six goal outburst by the team wearing the goat heads. At the time, the Sabres, when they beat Minnesota that night of January 7th in 2023, the Sabres were 20, 15, and 2. And were on, in a really nice run when they had only one, lost one of nine. So you're thinking, this is good. You are right. Losing to fl the Flyers right after that, losing to the Kraken, losing to the Jets, all three on home ice, mm -hmm. really, really put a stop to it. But the Minnesota game was wild, was fun. You remember the overtime. Uh, I remember the third period where Buffalo had to battle back and score in the last three minutes with Rasmus Dahlin uh, getting a goal. So that, to me, was uh, was definitely a, a memorable matchup against the Wild for this year. Wow. It, it, and it was in the evil. I, did that Did that spark Darlene to say we're evil in the black and red? I, I don't know I'm, if that was the game. I'm going to say yes because of what you just said after. And that was the. He had two the, goals that game. No, but the consecutive losses that followed. Yeah. Because I felt oh, like yeah. after he said it, then we had that immediate dip. And I was like, Ugh, hate when that happens. But anyway, it was a fun night and it was. And just we all were, were cheering for them to change their schedule so they could wear the black and red goat head again because it wasn't working in the blue and gold. So you went two and two in your career against the Minnesota Wild while you were a member of the Buffalo yep. Sabres. Anything stand out against uh, the Wild head to head? Well, I went, I, I played against the Wild when Jacques Lemaire was coaching there. And I remember Mike Ramsey went from the Buffalo Sabres as an assistant coach to Minnesota as an assistant coach. Mario Tremblay was an assistant coach with the Montreal Canadiens. It was a very defensive type of team, right? Manny Fernandez was in that for a little bit. Dwayne Rolison made it back to the NHL being a Minnesota Wild and having some success. So um, it was low scoring games. That's what I remember. They were defensive battle and low scoring games. But funny enough, the Wild have kept this Supposedly, people all think, well, the Wilds is a defensive team. The Wilds are the Wild are always a defensive team. They've been one of the highest scoring team of the last few years with Kaprizov and Zuccarello, and they've got good young players. And you're thinking, okay, they've definitely flipped the the, the switch there, but uh, they were a low scoring team when we played them. I don't recall many uh, on ice games against the Wild. I won't lie to you. In four games. In my seven or eight years with the Buffalo Sabres, only playing mm. four games against the Wild, I don't remember much. I do remember one time Ryan Miller played in Minnesota, and I was not happy because I thought I was going to play. Uh, and Millsy got called up from Rochester, and just to be told, he had the start. So I sat on the bench and ate popcorn that day, and I was, you know, staring at Lindy, not happy with the whole situation. Uh, but I remember a lot of things off the ice. Duffer, remember the uh -oh. hotel we stayed at, right? The Saint, Paul, the Saint Paul, right across the Saint Paul, my, right across. You mean my favorite? It's is it my your abs... favorite? Yeah. Is it really? It was mm -hmm. one of my like least, least favorite. favorite. Yeah, I know. Yeah, because <laughs> every time I walked into my room, it felt like the heat had be cranked up because it was always cold outside. They wanted to make sure you got in your room nice and and toasty. Uh -huh. But you would pull the sheets and it would like be sparking like the 4th of July with static electricity between the comforter and the the, the wool sheet. And the sh it was like I would open it up and, go, and it would spark everywhere. Um, 
they, the room service used to close early, close early, so we couldn't get the late night grilled cheese and ice cream like JP Dumont and I would love to order. Uh-huh. Um, so it wasn't my favorite hotel, but it was a great location. So we only had to walk across a little park to get to the arena. The only problem is that park was usually minus 25, minus 30 degrees with wind blowing at about 30 miles an hour right through. And you were frozen by the time you got to the to the door. So those are the things I remember about Minnesota and St. Paul. The ever so wrong statue of Herb Brooks when you entered that is like smaller than life size. Like if you're going to go and make a bronze of somebody iconic in hockey in Minnesota, like it's not even a small statue where you say, hey, this is a, a 12 foot high statue when you walk in. <laughs> it's a it's a four foot tall statue, but the, the, the man wasn't four foot tall. So mm. it's really odd that it's a smaller than life size statue of Herb Brooks when you walk into that that building. Um, so those are the 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 quirky kind of things I remember about Minnesota. Well, I can raise you a couple on that, although I'm <laughs> I am. Are you sure you want to do that? Yes, I'm sure. There are people out here that know this, so I'm going to go there. Go. New Year's Eve, transitioning from the year 2013 into 2014. We finished 2013 in Winnipeg just early enough to catch a flight to Minnesota, and it was the ultimate Hal Gill, Chris Mason bag chuck because we got into Minnesota at about 11.58. Oh, boy. So then the night began rather rapidly, trying to play catch up, if you will. And it may have ended poorly for some on a decision, although I would say most people um, neglected my generosity at last call. Okay. I ordered eight double Bloody Marys. Oh, for for the group, right? Two minutes before midnight. No, no, not midnight. Like two or three in the morning, whenever last oh, two, call was. Two minutes before last call. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't think many of them were consumed. I think I tried my best. <laughs> I think uh, it took me a long time to realize why I had um, like red stains on my tie. Oh. In the days that followed, I I sat there for days if not weeks thinking like i don't recall spilling pizza sauce when we got pizza (laughs) late that night back at the hotel anyway um that's just one of the great memories but that was also i am quite sure because they lost in winnipeg heading into uh the the game against minnesota which they would also lose um (laughs) i'm pretty sure that was the the herb brooks practice the again yes under Ted Nolan yes again yes (laughs) and remember this is 2014 so there's a winter classic that day and I'm pretty sure that's when they unveiled Olympic rosters oh 2014 yes so there were there was 2014 would have been what Sochi maybe yeah I would think Sochi was the Olympics in 2014 because 2018 then became oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 So the back and forth, there was, there was a lot of frustration, Marty, in that practice. Um, There, there might have been a uh, Marcus Foligno (laughs) reference to Miracle where Uh, in the midst of his sprints, he's like, (laughs) 
Marcus Felino, Buffalo, New York. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the moose we got loose and this- decided to end it. <laughs> We were sitting there in disbelief in the stands and then to tie it all back in with the hotel that you didn't necessarily love. Yes. As we left the rink that day, which was long after the skate was done, Ripper and the training staff had ordered subs. I can't even remember from where, but there were a lot of leftover subs. So they asked us if we wanted them. And then you're sitting there going, we're here for two more days. Like, why wouldn't we take a couple? Well, the St. Paul Hotel doesn't have little mini bars no, or refrigerators in the room, no. but you don't need it in January because you just put the sandwiches on your window ledge. Yes. When you come back to the hotel, because it's it's like having it in a freezer. So you close that, the curtain and you put it between the curtain and the window. You're yep. for sure. It's going to be cold and potentially even frozen by the end of it. But uh that is so that's it there's my there's my saint paul and i do love saint paul i love it for the proximity i love it for the fact that you walk into that building which was constructed in the late 90s it still feels like it's new it's the heart of hockey it is it's i love every aspect of going to saint paul it's truly one of my favorite stops but you were talking about saint paul in the building i love when you walk in and the jerseys of all the high school team in the state of minnesota are all represented on the wall and there's a lot of them it's not like 20 jerseys there's hundreds of them right Mm -hmm. the state of minnesota's got a ton of high school boys and girls high school hockey teams that are represented there it's awesome it feels hockey i forgot about this minnesota was the place where i did my first color analyst uh gig i got a call my first year retired joe micheletti with the new york rangers had ruptured his achilles tendon playing basketball in carolina the day off in between games and they said we're covered for tonight in in raleigh but can you travel to minnesota and do the radio call with kenny alberts at the wild and rangers and then in winnipeg with the rangers and then you're going to go home so i did my very first color analyst gig in minnesota i did not know many players on minnesota i did not prepare like i was just this is going to be cool i'm just going to be alongside kenny albert i'll just talk about our guys and whatnot he's naming guys on the minnesota wild i'm like I don't even know where that guy comes from. Like, who is he? Is he a forward? Is he a D? Like, I was so stressed. But uh, what a what an experience to work with Kenny Alberts, number one. And to do it for the first time was awesome. I was much better in Winnipeg the next day. Okay. Transitioning to Montreal because we're almost out of time because yes. of my long-winded storytelling. I apologize oh, for I that. I love it. The Sabres have beat the Habs 134 times in regular season play. That's the most wins they have against any franchise in the team's more than 50-plus year history. They've met okay. seven times in the postseason. The Sabres won three series in 75, 83, and 98. Uh, 98 sticks out for a lot of people. You reference it often. I mean, yes. we talk so much about Michael Pekka. But this sweep was historic. The Barnaby presence of a hat trick on Mother's Day was mm-hmm. absolutely significant. Um, it was a real bright spot in, you know, head-to-head springtime competition between these two long-standing rivals. Yeah, we had just come off a big win against the Philadelphia Flyers in the first round. And we go in playing Montreal. And I remember I was a black ace, right? We had lost in the first round in Rochester. So me, Eric Rasmussen, Jason Holland, Roman Adur, Denny ML, Jean-Luc Grandpierre. We were all like basically skating on our own with Brian McCutcheon, our coach from Rochester, and we were just getting ready in case we had to go in. And uh, so we were part of all the meetings. And I remember Mitch Gorn, our goalie coach at the time, 
gave everybody a sheet with Andy Moog, Jose Theodore, and Jocelyn Thibault's basically strength and weaknesses. Every single goal the Sabres scored against Andy Moog was basically on that sheet. So much so that one of the guy on the Sabres, I don't know, just on the way out, there was extra sheets. He threw one in the garbage and the media newspaper got it. And after game two, they had written an article about how this is what Mont- or, uh, the Sabres scouting report is on Andy Moog. And these are all the goals that they've scored so far in the first two games in Buffalo. And they started Moog in game three just to go to Jose Theodore halfway in game three where Michael Pekka scored the overtime goal. And then I think Theodore played again in game four, but it was the first time the Canadians had ever been swept in their long history in a best of seven series on home ice. They had been swept before in best of five, but never in a best of seven game four mm-hmm. in Montreal. Well, for me, I mean, beyond, you know, this this time frame, and obviously on the MSG side, you see them taking advantage of Jose Theodore in that series. Um, for me, the highlight would be 1983. Um, Bob Solvay defeated Montreal on consecutive days, allowing zero goals. In fact, this <laughs> best of five series ended in four days, April 6th, April 7th, and April 9th, in wow. the four-day span, Buffalo won three times to eliminate them, and Solvay's marks were 0.67 goals against and a 974 save percentage, and and that was really something. And unfortunately, the Sabres and Bruins would meet in the next round. They would uh, go seven games. Brad Park mm-hmm. scores the overtime winner in game seven, but uh, it, was, it, it was a really gritty, it was a different team from the seventies. It was a different team from 1980 that lost to the Islanders. They were really transitioning. It was just full of guys like Peterson and McCord and Amel mm-hmm. and McKegney and um, Lindy, you know, uh, yep. it, and it, in that really small window of time, they it was a really, really cool period. Now you truly did not like Montreal because yep. your career numbers as a Sabre against the Canadiens, 12 and 6 with a 2.04 and a 928. Well done, my friend. Well, I remember a couple of games, and the first one I remember was in 2001. Dominic Asha got traded that summer, and I remember we started. I, ta- I talked about the story about the Atlanta Thrashers' first game of the year where I was sick in the locker room before the game. So we're about, I'm, I think this is my eighth game of the season as a team. I think it's game number 10. We're in Montreal, so that's October 20th, 2001. We won the game 3-1. to one. I made 29 saves. Here's the thing. After the game, I remember the Montreal media, like I had played a really, really good game. I remember being aggressive, two bad stacks and challenging guys and really, really in the zone. Montreal media coming over saying, Marty, you you, you guys are going to surprise everybody. You guys are going to be the, the, the team that's going to catch everybody's eye. Um, Dominic Ashik's not there, but you're playing out of your mind. I remember thinking, this is awesome. Yes. Bring it on. Like, shower me with compliment, please. Like, I love it. Um, it didn't work out that way. We didn't have the the season that, you know, we were hoping for. Yeah. Uh, but I remember that game, like, being, like, just basically approached with gifts and flowers by the media after the game. Uh, I know you remember one five years earlier in Montreal as the forum was closing. Oh. I and even put it we in have, my notes. We have done a rebroadcast of this on MSG before, mm-hmm. and you have mentioned John Blue a number of times this yeah. summer. 
You started a game at the forum, gave up a couple of goals on six no. shots. John oh, Blue, started. Blue started. You yes. came in, pardon me, yes. yes. Gave up two on six shots. Blue would return. The goal scoring would continue. And somehow <laughs> the Sabres pulled out a 7-6 victory, which was John Blue's only game of record against the Canadians in his career. What a night, 7-6 you know at the Forum. You know what amazing was about that game? And I can't believe I didn't even put in my note as it was Seymour's last yes. game that he attended on the road. He he, he was sick. Everybody on the team knew that Seymour Knox was sick, uh, but the public didn't know. And Seymour loved the Canadians, right? The first ever game, like, you know, you got the Canadian John Bilivo in the auditorium. He's throwing the first puck, the whole thing. And he went to Montreal. Well, he, he was taking the face off on the first puck. On the first puck, yes. Um, <laughs> it, it was, we went to Montreal for that game. It was January of 95. And Seymour made the trip. And after the game, I remember Patty LaFontaine going around with his jersey, getting everybody to sign it, and then giving it to Seymour at the uh, at the airport, waiting to come back to Buffalo. Um, it was it was a very memorable moment. That game was awesome. I did a uh, bench interview before bench interviews were popular. How can I in Canada? I was like, hey, uh, Ted, can we interview Marty on the bench? Yeah, go ahead. And remember the Montreal Forum, like you could walk behind the benches, like fans would walk on the bench to get to their seats and all of it. And I'm doing like a full interview on the bench with Hockey Night in Canada. And the guys are looking at like, what, what's the kid doing? Like we have a game. And and then I got thrown into the game later. And then I got pulled again. Like what a moment. I missed the pregame meeting because I was in the stands just taking it all in. Like, ooh, this is the Montreal Forum. By the time I got to the room, the door was locked. So I missed the pregame meeting. Like what an 18-year-old stupid myself was I doing there? Did you get the towel? From the interview? No, because I had just a, I think at the time Powerade may have been the sponsor. Maybe it was Gatorade, but I had just a regular normal towel, right? It wasn't a, an intermission interview where you had the Hockey Night in Canada towel. But uh, yeah, I remember going into the game, so nervous, mm -hmm. um, gave up two goals. So I finished the first period, started the second, and we were down. But then we got back up to like 4-4. Four, four, and Teddy Nolan said, Marty, come here. And he goes, I'm going to put John Blue back in. You did your job. We're back even, but you're obviously, you know, I'm going to put the veteran. He's, he was going to say, you're not making a save. You look nervous. I'm going to put the, the, the veteran guy back in, which John Blue went back in and won. And uh, it was it was actually my second time ever in the Montreal Forum. I had been to the Forum one time before that, and that was the second time ever. Well, when it comes to goaltending against the Canadians, uh, obviously I referenced Sove in the playoffs. Hashik was 4-0 in the playoffs against Montreal. But regular season play, this is not to be forgotten based on the man we celebrated last year. Ryan Miller loved playing against the Canadians and Carey Price. He had 25 regular season wins, 11 losses, 6 overtime decisions. Hashik had 20 regular season wins. Your record was sparkling at 12-6. and six underappreciated i still love him jonas enroth was six and two in yep. eight games against montreal gary bromley was three oh and one jocelyn tebow whose time in buffalo was underwhelming to say the least yeah one of his three victories was against his former club a 24 save shutout of the montreal Canadiens. so that had to feel good for jocelyn and then we lost him in the last year the late dave dryden mm -hmm. think of this his record as a Sabre against Montreal was 
and four. Can you imagine how many times his brother was at the other end of the rink uh, in those 11 meetings? And man, oh man. What well, a story. Also, that's not fair. Those Canadians team were so I good. know. I know. Pretty crazy, though, but uh, just ultimate class at both ends of the ice when the Dryden brothers were going head-to-head. Zach Redman is the new Sabres player development coach. He joins us next here on Sabres Live, WGR Sports Radio 550 and MSG. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.